podcast of sermons by Pastor Charles St. Ange, LCMS missionary in Montreal, Quebec, and the Caribbean. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, especially my brother Pastor Paul as he is installed this morning. Amen. Tomorrow will be one year since we had our first online lockdown service. I'd like us all, at least those of us in Montreal and the Caymans, to stop for a minute and think about that. One year. And to pray about it for a moment. Gracious Lord, you have brought us this far by faith. You have kept us in your word, even while we have walked through this world's tribulation. You have pointed us to our baptisms, even while Satan threatened to drown us in despair and disillusion. You have fed us on your son's body and blood, even while our sin has tried to feed us up with things unprofitable and unworthy of Christ. Father Almighty, you have reminded us that the world is not normal. And so we seek normal in the things that you have promised us in the new creation and the life of the world to come. Be with us in the weeks and months ahead in Montreal, and on Grand Cayman, and wherever we might find ourselves. In the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Not normal. You heard that phrase in the prayer, and maybe not normal is to you the most frightening thing that you're going to hear this morning. We would all very much like to get back to normal. Restaurants open again. Our family was trying to reach back in time and say, when was the last time we actually were able to eat in a restaurant? And we think it was September last year. Being able to gather together in people's homes for fellowship. Here in Quebec, we are still restricted one household per home. If you wanna see your friends, you gotta go to the mall or you gotta go to church. Those are your options. No more curfew at night. Yes, we're very thankful that our curfew has been moved from 8 to 5 to 9.30 to 5. And yet the whole idea of not being able to be out after a certain hour puts some restrictions on your life. Singing during worship gathered together in this virtual spot here in the background. Maybe even without masks not even having to worry about whether you've got a mask in the car. We went out yesterday just to get two hours out of the house, made the kids get in the car with us. And of course we had to ask each other, do you have your mask? And for the Caymans, sure, things are open, at least so I've heard, but how full is your beautiful new airport? And how many flights are coming in and out every day? Certainly I'm sure nothing near what it was like when I was able to travel down to Georgetown or the altars or any of those who had served in interims prior to the pandemic. Not normal sounds terrible. And we don't want this not normal anymore. We want things to be the way they used to be, the way it was back in January, 2020. Now, my dear Christian friends, do you know what was normal? The covenant that the Lord made with Israel 
at Sinai. That was a perfectly normal covenant. Because what is a covenant usually in our minds? A covenant is a bargain. You do this. Party A agrees to these terms, and I'll do that. Party B promises to fulfill their end of the bargain. A covenant is like a mortgage. Now, we have a mortgage on our house, which is normal for most people that are not rich, especially in Canada. We signed paperwork that says that the Bank of Montreal will give us X amount of dollars so that we can buy a house to live in. And in return, we will pay the Bank of Montreal twice a month a certain set amount of money with interest. If we break that contract, if we break that mortgage more than a few weeks at a time, the bank could come and take our house away. And so we make the payments and we get to keep a beautiful roof over our heads. Fair and square, totally normal. And the old covenant that the Lord made with Israel was in ways very normal. It was a two-way contract, something that was very easy for people to understand. Before Moses went into the presence of his Lord, he preached his last great sermon that we call the book of Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and 8, Moses is impressing upon the people the bargain, the covenant that the Lord who had delivered them out of slavery in Egypt had made with them. He preached to them and said, because you listen to these rules and keep and do them, in other words, fulfill your end of the bargain, the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the steadfast love that he swore to your fathers. He will love you bless you, multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, your grain and your wine and your oil, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Then the other shoe dropped. Take care, Moses went on to say, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten, and are full, and to build good houses and live in them. And when your herds and flocks multiply, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And if you forget the Lord your God, and go after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I solemnly swear to you today that you shall surely perish. Completely normal. That's the way covenants work in the real world. Do these things, you get God's benefits. But break these rules, and statutes, and commandments, and you will get treated like every other nation on earth. Guess what happened? You have had even a cursory reading of the Old Testament, then you know that Israel did not keep the statutes and the commandments and the rules that the Lord laid before them at Sinai. They stopped paying the mortgage. They forgot about it. Month went by, and then a second month, and a third month, and they got busy, and they just couldn't, Go online and make the payment. And so one after another, the tribes of Israel just became like every other nation on earth. 
Second Kings chapter 17 is maybe the, the best summary of what this looked like in this very normal covenant. The people of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods and walked in the customs of the nations whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. But just like any good bank, the Lord sent warnings. The first warning, then the second letter, then the one with the bold print on it saying, this is your last chance. The Lord warned Israel and Judah by every prophet and every seer saying, turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes in accordance with all the law that I commanded your fathers and that I sent to you by my servant, the prophets. But they would not listen. They were stubborn as their fathers had been who did not believe in the Lord their God. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. None was left but the tribe of Judah only. Only 150 years later, the same thing happens to Judah. Just as the northern tribes of Israel are overrun by Assyria, the southern tribe of Judah, Benjamin, and the remnants of the Levites succumb to the Babylonians. This is my covenant that they broke, that Jeremiah speaks of in our first reading for this morning. You don't pay the mortgage, you don't keep the house, and that is normal. But Jeremiah is speaking about something decidedly not normal that the Lord has brought into his mind to do for his people. Behold, Jeremiah prophesies, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that they broke. I will put my law within them I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. This is a not normal covenant because it is unilateral, which is a fancy word that means one-sided. God is going to act to save his people by signing the mortgage and paying it off at the same time. God is, in banking terms, going to be both the lender and the borrower. That's what Jesus means when he says, See, we are going up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit him, and flog him, and kill him, and after three days, he will rise. Now, I'm guessing that even though you've heard those words, many of you, many times before, you've never thought of them as a mortgage burning. But that's what it is. The terms of the mortgage on eternal life are beyond what any of us can pay. The interest rates are sky high and the terms go on forever. Our holiness that we can muster is not at all what God expects from us. 
God says sacrifice for strangers. We can barely bring it on ourselves to sacrifice for friends and neighbors. We don't want to give up what we think we've earned for ourselves. Hey, all this stuff, I did this for me. And we forget the Lord, our God, who is the giver of every good gift. We're happy to help, but not that person, because they don't deserve it. We don't want to be nice to them. They haven't been nice to us. I don't want to make my payments. Somebody else pay off this mortgage. So our Lord Jesus takes up the cross that should have been ours, bears all the insults that should have been directed at us, and dies the same death to which sin has condemned us. And in so doing, pays off the mortgage. The debt is paid. He has fulfilled both sides of the covenant. But that's not the end. He then takes everything that he has, all the proceeds, all the money he's paid for, and freely gives it to us. And after three days, he will rise. That is not normal. In our world, it is perfectly normal in God's because it is who he is. It is how he acts. God is being true to his character, even though we are always being true to ours, and it's not a good one. Now, I know we have a bunch of LCMS missionaries on this call, me, Jana, Pastor Cray, Pastor Paul, and Heidi. And I'm betting that when you first heard me use the word not normal, you were thinking the sermon was going to go in a totally different direction. Well, I have to kind of bring that up now right? Because you all know the phrase. You know it from Mission Central. You know it from old missionary Gary in Mapleton, Iowa, who says that's who missionaries are. We are not normal people. And my dear brothers and sisters in the Cayman Islands, Gerald and Heidi have been called to be God's not normal people among you. And they are going to be not normal because they are going to be proclaiming to you not an earthly mortgage or covenant, not something that makes sense to our sinful brains, but God's very much not normal covenant that he makes with his fallen creation in his son at the cross. They are going to be among you, and Pastor Geralt is going to be standing in front of you publicly to proclaim that God has reconciled the world to himself in Christ, not counting our sins against us, which in normal terms is what you should do. That he has made himself known to all people in this man born of Mary in Judea, Jesus of Nazareth, and not in all the other places where we think we should be able to go under normal circumstances and find God. Pastor Geralt is going to give you the gifts that Christ has given to us, the gift of baptism and remembrance of the great things that God has accomplished in that act, the gift of the Lord's Supper, where Jesus feeds us on himself, which is not normal that one would do that. But this is who our God is. 
and we do these things and receive these things so that we might freely give love and service to our neighbors knowing that there is no obligation anymore. You don't have to love your neighbor, but you can now without thinking somehow you're doing some kind of meritorious service. So today we give thanks for not normal people. You and I, all of us, who do not sign a contract with God, but freely receive gifts from a God who has already fulfilled both sides of this new covenant for us at the cross in Jesus. People who do not march to Satan or sin's drummer, but instead follow a Jewish carpenter who died on a cross to save the world. Not normal, but it is true. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. If you'd like to learn more, visit intheway.org. Thank you for listening, and God bless your week.